Welcome church. Let us bow our heads and let us pray together. Heavenly Fathers, want to thank you this morning for bringing us here safely. And I pray, God, for protection and for your guidance, Lord. Lord, as we transition to the message, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts, Lord, may be pleasing your sight, O God. And may you be reminded here today, as you told the disciples, to always pray and to not give up. Lord, we are here to do just that, to not give up and to pray to you. It's not about the what, but it's about who, who holds our future, who holds our lives. It is about the who we trust and who we have a relationship with. So God, we rely on you here today. And I pray, God, that you protect us and you will lead us and guide our hearts this very morning. We thank you, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious son, just cause me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. 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 All right, God bless you. Let's all take our seat and let's get ready for today's message. We are in the series of the armor of God. And we are at part seven. And the title of today's message is, again, the war, part seven, the persistent prayer, the persistent prayer. Our scripture for today is going to be found on the same scripture as it was mentioned last week, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And we're going to be on the topic of prayer again for the next few weeks. And I want us to understand what it means to pray and how to pray. And also, most importantly, who we pray to. So with that, let's go ahead and read our main scripture. Verse 18, chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians. Paul, the author, he says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen. And amen. amen. I want to share a quote. When man works, man works. When man prays, God works. And we must apply this truth in every area of our lives. Whether it's missions, whether it's work, wherever we may be, we trust in the Lord that when we pray, that it is the Lord that works. Why do we need to pray? Because of spiritual warfare. Whenever there's a plan of God, there's a plan of Satan. Plan of Satan, Satan always has a boat ready for you that whenever you falter and you walk away from the faith, the boat of sin, the, the boat of temptation, the boat of Satan is always there ready to take you away from the Lord. That is why we need to pray. Pray that the Lord will work in our lives. And the sad reality is that many Christians have grown weak and cold in their prayer life. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. We have forgotten how to pray. And this is a reality check. We cannot and we must not lose our desire to pray. 
Not even for once. One second, we must not give that up. We must be on our knees to seek. We pursue worldly success rather than seeking spiritual blessings. How is that possible for a Christian? How can we be victorious when we are seeking worldly relationships, worldly successes, more than the spiritual blessings that come through prayer? We actually have little to no desire for spiritual blessings anymore. In churches, we see it all the time. We care more about programs. We care more about methods. We care about more about the volunteer work, the hard work, and the money that goes into the program is not going to cut it. We may have success for a little while. Temporarily, we may have success. Kids will have fun. Parents will laugh. We may have good fellowship. But good fellowship will not last. That good, quote-unquote, relationship will not last. Because ultimately, gossip will come. Destruction will come. Temptation will come. Division will come and will break down that foundation of programs and methods and hard work and money. And when it fails, and it will, when it falls, apart, who will we run to? What will we hide behind? And in the end of the Christian life, only three things that matter. It's the word of God, his word, it's our faith, and it's our prayer life. And when we're up against a powerful enemy, and we're fighting against sin, a powerful enemy, Jesus here teaches us to overcome. Through what? Through prayer plus fasting. And it's found in Mark chapter 9, verse 29. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. Pray and to fast. But with that in mind, let's go to our second main scripture found here today. Again, the title of today's message is called The Persistent Prayer. If you could all turn with me to Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. And the heading of this passage says, The parable of the persistent widow. The persistent widow. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, The persistent, the persistent widow. widow. Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. It says this, starting with verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town, other translations city, who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Verse 4, for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what, what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. It will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on 
the earth. Amen and amen. Like I said, the Christian life comes down to these three things. It's about the word of God. It's about our faith. And it's about our prayer. And keeping in mind the last verse. Will the son of man, will God, will Christ, will he find faith on the earth? He cannot just pray to pray, but we need to have faith and we need to have his word in our hearts when we pray. It's not just about the prayer life. It's not just about praying. You cannot pray with a proud heart, for we will bounce back. Will he find faith on the earth? And my answer to that is yes, and yes, and yes, Lord. Yes, I pray that I will be that individual that will have that faith as I pray to you. Jesus, through this powerful parable, is teaching us and reminding us to pray continually and to never give up. The two characters found here, the first one is the judge. Again, it's a parable. It's an example of the judge being a person who is a ruler, an authority figure, a male figure. And here are some two facts about this particular judge's character. Number one, he neither fears God. Number two, nor does he care about what others thought of him, meaning he was a proud judge and he had no fear of God. He had no reverence towards the things of God. And it is clear that he was proud and corrupt. And Jesus makes it very clear in this parable. And his heart was like Pharaoh's heart. And then the second character that we see is the widow. You could call her a normie. No authority whatsoever. Complete opposite of the judge who is an authority figure. A female. Male versus female. And here are some two facts about the widow. Number one, she was a widow. In other words, she was alone with no one to protect her or stand by her. Number two, she had enemies because we see that she wanted justice from the person from her adversary. She had enemies, meaning people were taking advantage of her. She had no one to protect her. Again, she is a widow. And we know in history that in the Bible, widows were powerless and they were women, meaning they could not buy and sell land. They were powerless. They had no authority. They had no protection. Meaning her husband was dead. If her husband was wealthy and land, and if he dies, she will become landless. She doesn't inherit the land. She loses it completely. So that's the context. Unless the husband's brother marries her to help carry on the family's line, like the story of Ruth and Boaz, she can choose to become a secondary or tertiary wife, but reality hits, who wants her? Who would want her? So society just bans her. They stay away from this woman. And this parable, it teaches us of the horrible injustice that she faced without a husband, no family member, no one to protect her, no son to protect her or to stand up for her. So you can imagine hopelessness on this woman's plea in her cry. That plea means she was crying to the Lord. She was praying to the Lord. Prayer, 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 prayer. 
loneliness after loneliness. It's a story of Naomi. Prayer, prayer, prayer. And when we're in the midst of hopelessness, Jesus and God and the Lord is teaching us to pray, 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 pray. Let's turn to our neighbor and say, pray. P-R-A-Y, an acronym that I want to use. Let's start with P. Point number one, each point will be the letter. Pray persistently. Pray persistently. And the key word and key letter is P on the word persistently. And our foundation is found in Luke 18. The persistent widow. Verse 3 and 5, it says, And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him, to the judge, with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. In other words, so point letter A, she was persistent. She was so persistent that even though she was rejected, she kept coming back. Imagine someone from your work or a client. They keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. They wait for you in the parking lot. They keep coming back. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. They're persistent. And that's what it means to pray. We need to be persistent. We need to persist in our prayer to who to the lord b she was desperate she had a good reason because she was being attacked she was being wronged she was desperate before the lord and she was desperate in her prayer we need to be desperate in our prayer and let her see she was ruthless she was ruthless in other words she was aggressive it says in verse 5, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Here the word attack is not a physical attack. Rather it means she's going to wear me out. She's going to beat me down by her continual coming. Because she is wearing me out with her constant request. I will give her what she wants. Yes, prayer is about waiting on line, God to do the work, but scripture reminds us to pray, to run after God in prayer. Like the Simpsons episode, when the kids didn't want to go itchy and scratchy land, it's a funny scene where they're asking Homer, can we go to Itchen Scratching Land? Can we go to Itchen Scratching Land? Both together, Bart and Lisa. Can we go to Itchen Scratching Land? Continue to ask, even in his bathroom when he's shaving, whatever he's doing. And then eventually they comply. In the same manner, we need to continually be persistent, desperate, and ruthless in our prayer. Because what does Christ say at the end in verse 8? Will he find faith? on this earth 
Will Jesus Christ come and find such faith with fervent prayers on this earth? That's what it means. And I pray that he will find that from us. Amen. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Again, point number one, pray persistently. She was persistent. She was desperate. She was ruthless. Point number two, the acronym of prayer for R is pray relentlessly. On the letter relentlessly, the R Verse 1, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus starts off with this parable, teaching them about prayer, about not giving up. It's not really about you going to a physical, earthly judge and asking for justice and bothering that person to get what you want. But Jesus, the context of this parable is about prayer. He's teaching us to pray, to always pray and not give up. That's why Jesus goes ahead and shares this parable with us in our main passage here in Luke 18. To always pray and to not give up. This woman is crying out, Lord, have mercy. And there's another part in the Bible in Matthew 15, which talks about a Canaanite woman, the faith of a Canaanite woman. And we see an example of people who are not of the Jewish origin, and these individuals who are widows, and they come and they have faith. And later we'll see even about Rahab, who was a Canaanite, not an Israelite. And when they hold on to the Lord, the Lord hears our prayers like Ruth. He hears us. And in Matthew 15, 21 to 28, the heading says, The faith of a Canaanite woman. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly, meaning she was so hopeless she could not save her daughter. Jesus did not answer her word. Imagine going to someone and not getting a response. So his disciples came to him and urged them, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. She kept coming to Jesus, even though Jesus gave the silent treatment. Again, everything that Jesus did, he had purpose behind to why he did what he did. He knew her heart. He was testing her heart. And he answered a cold answer. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. She continues to pursue. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. 
Pray relentlessly. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, pray? Pray, pray, pray. What does the scripture say about praying? That we must not stop praying. That we must not stop communicating with the Lord. And our sub point here is taken from 1 Thessalonians 5.17, scripture that we are all familiar with, that we all memorize, I hope. Sub point letter A is what? Pray continually. NIV. B, never stop praying. NLT. So point C, pray without ceasing. ESV. What does I say in Korean, Ronnie, in your Korean Bible? Pray continually. Pray continually. Pray continually. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Not only speak, but you listen and you hear the words of God through the word, through the scripture. And we need to think of prayer as breathing. Can we turn to our neighbor and go, <sighs> and then do this, <sighs> cover your nose. As human beings, as we have the need to breathe constantly, we Christians need to pray constantly. How? We think of prayer as breathing. We don't think about breathing to breathe as the atmosphere exerts pressure to our lungs and to our bodies. That's why it's so hard for you to hold your breath, right? It forces our bodies to breathe, to bring air into our lungs. And as spiritual beings, we are created to pray. As we're created in His image and as we're spiritual beings, as we're in a spiritual warfare, it causes us to breathe. Just as the atmosphere causes us to breathe, it causes us to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray and we need to pray and we need to pray. Because when we're born again and we're brought into the family of God, His love, His presence, His awe, His grace, His forgiveness, His glory, it exerts pressure. It brings change and influence into our lives. In the past, we breathe, we breathe wrong. Everything we did was wrong. We breathe through our mouth and then we, we do just the chest. We never, we were not taught in the right way to breathe. They say the best way to breathe is through your nose. And then make sure your stomach comes out. Breathe through the stomach. We need to pray in the correct manner. Therefore, as Christians, prayer is a normal response to all the pressure that is coming at us in the spiritual warfare. But sadly, as believers, quote-unquote believers, we have given up the discipline of prayer. We need to enter into the spiritual atmosphere. And as we breathe, we pray. Don't hold your spiritual breaths for too long. What happens when you hold your breath for too long? You die. Even for a moment, it's difficult. It's like you're trying to go about your week Imagine yourself in a car on a hot summer 
in the month of July, August, and no air conditioning, windows closed, no air coming in. How do you breathe? You're suffocated, and that's how you're trying to survive during the week. No wonder we're not healthy. No wonder we are falling apart because we are choosing to intake sin rather than the presence of God. Our spiritual intake is restricted due to sin, pride, rebellion. It's like we're underwater with a straw, we're just trying to breathe. Each believer, whether we're young or old, we need to breathe in and out constantly, meaning his truth, his presence to be fully functional. So we need to pray to have faith in the giver, not the method of prayer. Meaning when the question is asked, do you trust the Lord? Yes, we say yes. We trust not in the method of prayer, but we trust in who I pray to. In the who? In the giver, the source. It's not in the idea of prayer. It's not in the act of prayer, but it's about who I pray to. Because it's easier for Christians to feel secure. Oh, I come to church on Sundays. Oh, I go to church on our holidays. We trust more on the acts and the material things rather than depending on the giver. And this parable is teaching us here today that faith and prayer is about knowing who holds our future. It's about the who, not the what. Who? So pray relentlessly. Keeping and remember 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray continually. Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Next letter on the acronym of pray. Pray always. Focusing on the word always. Letter A. Always. 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 In in the steps of points here, with this point number three, I took it from Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Letter A, B, C is this. A is ask, B is seek, and C is knock. Brother Enrico, knock, knock. Ask, seek, and knock. <laughs> Matthew 7 is here. Let's go ahead and read Matthew 7. 7 through 11, heading says, ask, seek, knock. Verse 7, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen. And amen. amen. And now going back to our original text and our lesson from Luke 18. Let's look at verse 6 to 8. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. It's hard to say, huh? Unjust justice. (laughs) Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. 
However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Meaning in this context, in this situation, if the unjust judge can provide some sort of justice for this unfairly treated widow, just how much more will the righteous judge, God, provide justice for you? And here's the answer, endless. Why? Because he is the good father. He is a righteous judge. He's not unjust. He is righteous. Amen. 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 So pray always. Why? Because you have a good God and he hears your prayers. But you must ask, seek, knock. And it will be open to you. Amen. And amen. We must accept that in faith. Accept it in prayer. In faith today. Amen. And amen. And lastly, at point number four, we must say in prayer, I yield to you, my Lord. I yield to you. The acronym for the last letter is Y. There's two Y's here, yield and you. So it's pray. You can turn to a neighbor and say, pray. <laughs> pray. <laughs> what do we mean by yield and to you? Let's end it with verse 6 to 8. And the Lord said, again, remember the context is what? Just teach them about praying, how to pray and not giving up. And this is how he ends the parable. And he says, and the Lord said, and I'll invite the priest team to come up. Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? And what is your answer? What will be your answer? So I'll point letter A, B, C. A, Lord, I pray to you. B, Lord, it is about you. C, Lord, I yield to you. Can I just say that prayer is powerful? Can I just say that we are history makers that when we pray that we're able to make impact in history through prayer the prayer of a righteous individual is powerful the prayer of the righteous individual is powerful and effective it's not just powerful but it is effective and we see it throughout scripture even with the story of Abraham pleading for Sodom Ultimately, what does God tell Abraham? He tells Abraham as he's pleading for Lot, his nephew, and for his family. He says, for the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. Meaning through prayer and through pleading with a righteous God, he was able to transform and change and make impact. His will would be done. But we trust that our Lord hears us.
we pray to him. Amen and amen. Mark 9, 29, by prayer and fasting, Jesus teaches us to pray and to fast. And we see even in the story of Wall of Jericho, when Joshua, when they enter the land of Canaan, the promised land, they meet Rahab, the prostitute, and they take over the city of Jericho. By what? Each day, one time, God commands Joshua to march around once for six days. And on the seventh day, to march around there seven times. And as they blew the trumpet, the walls of Jericho fell, and they took over that city and left nothing behind. Let us remember that prayer is powerful because of who He is. So when the Lord is with us, we overcome, and we shall overcome, and we have overcome. Amen and amen. So with that in mind, let's just come together now. Can we just bow our heads at this time and at this time can we just pray to the Lord and as this widow pray persistently can we right now come together in prayer and in faith and pray persistently to our Father let us pray together Heavenly Father we love you Heavenly Father we need you Holy Spirit come and have your way here in this place I pray God that you would work within us and transform us so that God our heart will be online with your will oh God and that we will seek your face spirit and truth so I pray God that you will guide our hearts in the right direction to trust in you and to hold on to you Lord we need you here today Jesus have your way here in this place touch us
I invite you all to stand. And let's just sing this song together. Just let me say how much I love you. Let's declare it and make this song our prayer. Let's sing together. Just let me say how much I love you. Let me speak of your mercy and grace. Just let me live in the shadow of your beauty. Let me see you face to face. And the earth will shake. And the earth will shake. As your word goes forth, and the heavens can tremble and fall, just let me say how much I love you, oh my Savior, my Lord and friend. Just let me hear your finest whispers. Let me hear your finest whispers as you gently call my name. And let me see your power and your glory. Yes. Let me feel your spirit's flame. Let me find you in the desert. Let me find you in the desert. Till this end is holy ground. And I am found completely surrendered. Much I love. So let me say how much I love you. With all my heart, I long for you. For I am caught in this passion of knowing this endless love. I found in you. So let me say how much I love you. So let me say how much I love you. With all my heart, I long for you. Just the voices, for I am caught. For I am caught in this passion of knowing. This endless love I found in you And the death of grace And the death of grace The forgiveness found To be called a child I love you. 
Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for teaching us how to pray, to not give up, and to pray consistently, constantly to pray, to seek your face, to pray with persistence, to pray without ceasing, to not give up, and to continue to pray to you. Holy Spirit, we ask God that you instill within us a passion for your name, a calling to pray on our knees and to seek your face in spirit and in truth, oh God. Lord, we pray to you because we love you. We pray to you because we need you. We pray to you because we're desperate for your touch. Lord, we ask of you here today. We seek your face here today. And we knock on heaven's door. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are a good father and that you are a good judge. That when we knock, you hear us. And you give us our heart's desire. And may our heart's desire be for you and for you alone, not for anything else. All the worldly things and the monetary things that we get caught up in, let it all be transformed for the things of the kingdom. We desire you. We desire your presence. And we are desperate for you, O oh God. Holy Spirit, have your way within us and work within us and help us to mature in our faith each and every single day. May we enter this new week with a level of maturity that we will not leave this place here today the same way that we came in. But may we draw closer to the heart of God. And how can we not be transformed when we draw closer to you and you draw closer to us? And we are able to draw close to you because you first drew near to us first. We love you because, God, you first loved us first. So, God, we pray to you here today. And we declare and we say, Jesus, we love you. From our hearts, we long for you. From the depth of our hearts, we desire you. Touch us, O oh Lord. Transform us. We need you more today than we needed you last week. Each day is a day closer to our eternal home in heaven with you, O oh God. So may we live each day relentlessly to pursue after you with a pure heart. Lord, I pray that those words here today may take deep root in the hearts of other listeners here this morning. May you transform us and renew us with a passion for your name. We thank you. We love you. For all these things, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Okay, let's close the service with the path of life in Jesus. We'll sing it just one time. And then I'll close our service with the benediction. Let us sing together.
Amen. Let's all Amen. go back to our seat and let's get ready to close our service with the benediction. <clears throat> all right, let us pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the unending pursuit and the unending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the gentle counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, which surpasses all the knowledge of this world, continue to guide you, keep you, lead you, and protect you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. God bless you. I love you guys. I'll see you all in the back. God bless you.